Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three, one is now. ESPN Radio. I think I'm up to 10 or 11, uh, either at the Kettle House Amphitheater or down at the Wilma. The one I'm going to miss, though, is the one tomorrow night, the December is here for you on your Tuesday on Nuanas. Now they'll be playing out there at the Amp tomorrow night. Some deep Montana ties. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but Connor Malloy, the, head, the lead singer of the Decemberists, he's from Helena. So pretty cool, pretty cool success story. And that should be a great show. They're an awesome band, awesome live performers. So uh, if you do get to go, please enjoy yourself on behalf of yourself and uh, on behalf of us here at ESPN Radio as well. Welcome back. Nuanas now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, talked about all sorts of stuff. FCS All-American list are out. Abby Anderson, former Lady Grizz, on her way to play pro ball overseas. We also talked about the Missoula State and Joey Lovell, the champion for the second year in a row. We're from Charlie Van Dam, Soccer Alliance Missoula. They have their big uh, Missoula Soccer Day on August 13th down there at Fort Missoula, so that should be a fun one. We also talked some Bobcats and Grizzly football, and we had our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best performances from around the state this last week. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store, Sportsbet Montana, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. We get our number two kicked off with the continuation of one of our favorite segments. It's our Senior Spotlight, highlighting some of the best male and female high school athletes from around the state of Montana. It's presented by Blaine McElmurray and McElmurray Holmes, and we have in studio with us a recent graduate of Missoula Hellgate, a Gatorade Runner of the Year times two, Kenzie May. She's on her way to Syracuse later on this week. Kenzie, we've had you on the show several times before, but only on the phone. So thanks so much for coming in the studio. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations on an, uh, an awesome senior year. And I know it's, it's funny because graduation seems like it's probably forever ago and just yesterday all at the same time. And now here you are. You're about to be a college athlete in the, in the span of, uh, you know, two weeks or less. But has it sunk into you yet that, uh, that high school's over and, and college is here? Um, actually it just like hit me like a week ago. I was like, wow, I am never (laughs) going to be having a high school team again. And I'll never be able to like have a, like a normal high school year just because of that year of COVID. Like 
it doesn't feel like I ever graduated. And so it's definitely like hit me and it feels really weird, but I'm super excited for what's coming. So that's such an interesting part of the narrative. Unfortunately for, well, I guess there, there is a silver lining to some of it, but it has impacted high school athletes so much the the, the COVID year, especially the athletes that do track and field because you, you basically, you lost your junior year. And for those that lost their senior year, you just feel so terrible for them. But it also feels like this last year, there was so many excellent performances across the state. And it seems like you guys were all just so hungry to, to kind of get your chance to get it back. So, I mean, did you think about that? Did you think about just how lucky you were to, to, to actually get a senior year? Yeah, actually, I was talking to my teammate about this. I was like, we were talking about how that break probably helped us more because we were able to focus on running and not have the school hours and all of that. And so I think we just came back better for our senior year. But I do feel bad for the seniors that graduated in the year before us because they definitely got hit with COVID a lot harder. Um, So we definitely got lucky this year. It's so interesting, too, because, you know, people think, and when they think of injuries in sports, they think of, of football and, and, you know, basketball landing on somebody's foot wrong or something. But probably the sport where actually injuries are the most prevalent, even if they're not the most severe, is in track and field because you're always training. So you always have a chance to just have a little nick, a little bump, a little bruise here. I, I talked to Duncan Hamilton about this extensively at Montana State, and he said one of the things that really let him take off in his training regimen was he had an opportunity to get fully healthy and then fully train while fully healthy. So, I mean, did you see that too, just kind of being able to hone it in and and, uh, and have your, your, your maximum capabilities physically because you, you didn't have to necessarily go empty the tank at a meet? Yeah, it definitely, I, um, personally, I have never actually been injured, so I've been lucky to wow, stay off. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's been great to stay off of that track, um, but just having focusing the time on running and recovery and just everything outside of running and knowing what you want to do. It helps so much with just the impact in all of your goals. They, they become clearer and you become more motivated to get them. Kenzie May. Kenzie May joining us in studio. It's our senior spotlight presented by Blaine McElmurray, McElmurray Holmes, recent Missoula Hellgate graduate, as well as a multiple time Gatorade runner of the year, both cross country and track and field. You mentioned that you were kind of surprised when you, you got the award for spring, and I can't imagine what the the judging, I don't actually really know what the process is, but whoever was deciding that, what an unbelievable group of young ladies to choose from. Your senior class was was stacked when it comes to a Division One level talent and great competitors. So uh, what did it feel like when you, when you got the call and you realized, wow, I, I got another one of these? Uh, it was awesome. I was in Salmon, Idaho, and my coach texted me and he goes, hey, guess what? You got Gatorade Player of the Year. And I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> that's <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah, so I was super excited about that. And then I just started thinking, I was like, I was like, that's really cool because when you like look at all the other high school girl athletes, they were insane, and I would not be like – they deserved it just as much as me, and so it was such an honor to get it. There was a, a fascinating dynamic, too, for you winding down your track year, uh, the, the track season, because there was some other gals in this state to push you to. And I know that Kylie Hartnett, who joined us on this segment earlier uh, this year, really accomplished distance runner as well. You know, former Gatorade runner of the year herself in cross country. She's headed to the University of Utah. But I know that uh, in the divisionals in the state meet, you guys both went really low. And it seemed like uh, 
for back, lack of a better way of saying it, kind of a team effort, right? I mean, you can't really run under a five-minute mile unless you have somebody else to run with, you know? So yeah. uh, just talking about that element, just kind of, you know, not necessarily teaming up, but, but pushing each other to kind of break barriers like you guys did. Yeah, it's definitely super motivating knowing that there's someone right behind you or just super close, so then it pushes you to go faster. Like one race, she was like breathing on my shoulder. I could hear her stepping behind me, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I got to get going. <laughs> but... It was really fun, and I appreciate her so much. There was also Haley Burns, who's from Bozeman. For sure. She was also in the Montana Mile field recently, and uh, another five-minute miler as well. I haven't heard. Is she going anywhere? Uh, she has not decided yet, but... Definitely a college-level runner, though, so yeah. I, you're, you're right. Several girls really push you. Yeah, so it was super fun. And then when State was... I knew it was going to be difficult because Kylie was improving so much, and then Haley was as well, and so... I definitely had that in the back of my mind when doing workouts and like running. I was just, just recovery runs. It was like I knew that they were there and I knew that if I wanted to be better, I'd have to train better. So, What's the dynamic like between cross country and track? I mean, how much of it is a carryover? How much of it is a distinctly different sport? And how, how much do they kind of play off of each other or lack thereof? I would say track is more competitive and it also is more like recognized cross country. I love cross country a little bit more than uh, track just because it's different every single meet because you're running up hills, you're on grass, everything like that. Um, But track is just a whole different, everyone's there, everyone's watching and it's that pressure and you can see your lap times and it's just goals for each lap and it's just a different kind of hype in a way. How much do you think your your family's history in, in this sport influences you? Because I, I was telling your mom, she's actually sitting on the other side of the glass here back there uh, with producer Andrew. But Clint May is your father, and, and he is a uh, well re- a recognizable name in the running world around Montana. It was one of the architects of the, the cross-country dynasty at Bozeman. I think they won 10-plus state titles on the boys' and girls' side during a 12-year span, and he had a huge hand in that. Most recently, the... Uh, track and field and cross country coach here at the university of Montana as well. So just his background, but I know you have some siblings that were also great runners as well. How much of that played into just your interest in this pursuit? They definitely got me started in running. So they were pushing me in third grade. They're like, go on an eight mile run. And I was like, heck no, I'm not doing that. But it was fine. It ended up being great for me. <laughs> I, I ended up loving it. Um, my dad's side of the family, they, all love running also and so like we go to this annual fun run that's actually this weekend and we race each other oh cool and we we have like jerseys matching jerseys we kind of like hype it up it's like our own little like sport to ourselves but it's like share it with everyone so now you're on your way to the acc and you're i'm sure you're in a good if not great shape right now as you're about to embark on uh, this upcoming cross-country season so can you take it to all your siblings or are you the are you the number one made runner when you guys are running um, my brothers are faster than me, but... <laughs> you have some outstanding brothers that are runners too, right? Yeah, so my brother actually runs over in Virginia. He's still running for college. And then my other brother is doing like marathons, half marathons. So he's taking a different route, but he's definitely doing a great job in it. So, Do you ever think about uh, just how cool this is? Uh, because so often when you play a sport or compete in a sport, there, there's a definitive end point, right? Well, you know, whether you go... I mean, you can go all the way to the highest level of football and basketball, but there's a day in which you're not going to be able to do it anymore. If you take care of yourself, you could run 
forever. You know, you can, it's a lifetime sport. Do you think about that? Yeah, I had now going into college, you have to think about like what I want to do in life because when you finish college, like you got to get a career, kind of like you start actually living life when you graduate college. And so it's like I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, I could make this like an actual career for myself is running. For and, sure. Like, go big or go home kind of a thing. Um, so it's definitely something to think about. I I am amazed by some of how like there's no limit to running at all. I see this one lady running every day and she, every day. She's, <laughs> in, in Missoula, you see them all over the place, she's right? She's killing it. <laughs> that's what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. And, and you never know when you're going to blossom either, right? I mean, you're a Missoula Hellgate graduate now. There's also another Missoula Hellgate graduate, Adam Peterman, who's kind of taken the ultra running scene by storm. He's a great runner in high school. Uh, you know, an all-state type guy in cross country and and in uh, track and field went to Colorado. So I mean, certainly a you know high-level Division One guy, but now he kind of found this this niche, and he has just been destroying the ultimate running circuit. Last time I checked, I think he's five for five this year. He ran the Western States in like the tenth fastest time ever. So it's not just necessarily like you just peak when you're 22 either. You can keep on going and keep on peaking. Yeah, I definitely have not reached my peak. I think <laughs> I've got a ways to go. So I'm really excited. Kenzie Bay in studio, a Missoula Hellgate graduate, uh, as well as our senior spotlight subject this week. Uh, tell us about Syracuse. You're going uh, out east uh, in a couple days. I know you said you're going to be road tripping with uh, with one of your former teammates, Sage Brooks, who's now, I guess, I guess, again, your current teammate. She joined us on this segment last year. But uh, any, any road trip adventures you guys got planned? It's, you got to make some fun stops, right? I mean, this is going to take you weeks to get out there, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely feel like weeks. Um, we're hoping to stop in Indianapolis and like visit her family and visit some friends on the way and like look up sites that we want to see. We're going to just cruise on out there. Hopefully it doesn't feel as painful. <laughs> I know that some road trips can feel long and like treacherous, but I think with her, it'll feel really fun. You also have a little bit of a, a preview of what's to come, right? Cause she's been there for a year. So anything that she's uh, shared to you or with you about the, the Syracuse program? Yeah, she's definitely been a really big influence on my decision to go there. And also now that I am going there, she helps with my forms, helps like, if I was a freshman going in, I'd be calling my coach and be like, what is happening? I don't know what to do. And she's just a really good mentor and just a good teammate and friend overall. Well, I'm sure that you, you had a lot of opportunities, a lot of options uh, to continue running on. So what set Syracuse apart? I mean, what, what made you want to go move back east and go to an ACC school? I think living in the East Coast and going to visit Syracuse, I was like... It felt like home in a way, like I had already experienced that, but it also was a different place. And so I know what to expect in a way for the like area, location and everything. Um, and then also the team. I love the team. There's no drama. There's like, they're all so fun and different in their individual ways. And so I think I'll fit in really well and they, they know what they want and they have goals and I want to be part of those goals. Your experience uh, at Hellgate, how much do how you think that helped set you up for this? I mean, what did you learn? What will you take from your time with the Knights that uh, got you college ready? Um, definitely the high higher up racing. I When moving from Virginia in a 1A school, you don't get as many like competitions and you don't get to see experience kind of like the worldwide like U.S. racing and everything. And so going to a higher level school like AA top school in Montana, it definitely changes your mindset a little bit and it 
like works on you mentally so that it pressures you enough that you can push yourself but also not break. Well, it seems like there's a formula there as well. Hellgate has done a great job of producing college-level track athletes across a lot of different disciplines, but particularly uh, on the cross-country and distance side of things. Anders Brooker, one of the best uh, coaches in the state. I know when your dad was first hired at Montana, he talked about that. He talked about, you know, one of the things he liked about taking the job at the university was the fact that he knew that you were going to be able to run uh, in a great program as well. So, uh, Pretty fortunate for you to be able to learn from a guy like your dad and a guy like Honors as well. I mean, those are two of the best cross-country coaches that we have in the state of Montana. Oh, yeah, definitely. You want us now, ESPN Radio, Kenzie May joining us here uh, in studio. Any idea what you want to do academically? Do you have any idea what you want to study? Yeah, so I'll be majoring in acting. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, a little different than <laughs> most people would say. They'd usually go into, like, business or law or anything like that. Sure. But I was not, like, a super academic person in high school, I'd say. I... I would do good in school, but I didn't love it. And so acting was always something that I really loved. And I want to kind of explore that a little more. So have you been in drama then in, in uh, at, at Hellgate? Yeah. So I've done theater my entire life. Oh, very cool. So what's I, your favorite role you've ever had? Oh, <laughs> I, okay. This is going to sound bad, but I was a narrator in Alice in Wonderland. And oh, that cool. was, I got to be like a chair sometimes. And, <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> I got to play a bunch of different roles being the narrator. And so it was really cool. So when you complete this, this, uh, acting degree, then, uh, What's after that then? Do you have dreams of, of Hollywood or, or what, what are you what are you thinking? Yeah, definitely. So I, is it silver screen or is it Broadway? Where, where are we at? Uh, I definitely want to go more like TV and film kind okay. of a little bit. Um, yeah, so I just kind of hope to like get into the entertainment industry and like work on my acting skills. I think it's a talent. So just being able to do that would be really cool. For sure. I mean, if you have the natural inclination to do it and the talent to do it and then you practice it, it, uh, it should be a worthy pursuit. It's so fascinating too to think about what that will become. I read a good a great book actually last winter called The Big Picture and it was all about the evolution of the film industry, but it was about how now when you see in Hollywood so many of the films are like only blockbusters because of kind of the big budget nature of it, but it's because so many of the writers that would normally write great dramas, they just write TV shows now, right? Yeah. Like the new drama is kind of like The Breaking Bad or the you know, these these uh these long-term series, The Sopranos, things like that. So uh, it's an ever-changing uh, industry as well. Do you get nervous when you're up on the stage or not? I mean, you seem very comfortable and very outgoing, so uh, probably not. But, I mean, do you ever have any nerves when you're acting? Uh, I definitely do. You, It's that, like, first time you, like, walk out on the stage, you see everybody, and then you've got that, like, thought, like, oh, everyone's watching me, like, can't mess up. But then I get, like, really comfortable really easily and fast. So it's just I start acting, and I get into the character, and I love doing it, so... Kenzie Mamazola, Hellgate graduate, joining us here in studio just a couple days before she heads out to the East Coast. The Montana Gatorade Cross Country and Track and Field Runner of the Year headed out to Syracuse to run for the Orange. Is there anything that, uh, I guess, what what are you most uh, apprehensive about? Are you, is there anything you're nervous about going out uh, back East or anything that you're uh, you know kind of feeling, I can't wait to, to know what it's like when you get to college? Uh, definitely, I'm nervous to, like, just meet everyone and sure. also like just get used to the college life in general. Um, I, I'm pretty good at like, I'm pretty extroverted, so I don't think I'll have a problem making any friends, but, um, just knowing like, it'll be so different in a way and like 
finding my way around Syracuse and everything like that. That's part of the excitement of it all, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, very cool. Uh, do you have any idea what the, the thing that's so interesting too about track and, and cross country is? You know, a lot of times in football, almost certainly you're going to come in, you're going to redshirt. But you have like this moving target where you can redshirt or not cross country, indoor, outdoor. Do you have any idea what the plan is for the fall? I have no idea. So far, my training is going really well. And so I'm hoping that I can be able to bust out a fast time and be able to uh, compete this year. I, I'm unsure about how my coach will think, but it looks positive and like looks like I'll be competing. Well, that's one of the best parts about it, too, is that the time is the time is the time. You know, you and I were talking before we went on the air about the great group of, of track athletes that have that has existed in Montana the last couple of years. I think that's why you see track kids getting recruited at a higher level than almost any other sport, because if you can run this time, you can run this time. You know, there's no debate on, you know, what the level of competition is. You're running against yourself. You're running against the clock. And so it seems to give you uh, a lot of uh, opportunities. But, I mean, do you have, because the time is the time, do you have a certain level of confidence in your ability to, to go out there and kind of make an impact to compete? Yeah, a lot of the season was actually just me going out and being like, I need to hit this time. Sure. I know what I need to do, and I'm going to get it done. Um, and so I think I'm really confident in chasing time and I think I can chase people too, but we'll have to experience that when there's people to chase. So, well, and that should almost certainly push you forward as well. Kenzie May in studio, Missoula Hellgate graduate, a couple days away from heading out to Syracuse to run in the ACC multiple time Montana Gatorade runner of the year. And one of our best exports going out to the East coast. Kenzie, congratulations on a phenomenal senior year. Thanks so much for coming in and uh, and hanging out with us. And uh, thanks so much for being here on Nuanas Now. Thank you, of course. <laughs> we'll talk more football plus the deal of the decade, the deal of all time. I don't know. They're calling it the trade deadline deal in the history of baseball. Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads, Major League Baseball, more fall camp next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. New on us now, ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. We will be taking the show on the road tomorrow, headed over to Bozeman, uh, actually right after this show, to uh, 
to broadcast live from uh, Montana State. They have their uh, media day tomorrow. So we'll have a couple uh, interviews for you from the football side of things. Also a fun interview from the basketball side of things as well. Chris Haslam, uh, associate head basketball coach, and Jabril Bello, the reigning Big Sky Conference MVP, will join us. Every four years, men's basketball teams at the Division One level get to go on an international tour. And this year, the Bobcats going over to Great Britain. So that'll be fun. Chris Haslam from Great Britain, from the UK. So is uh, Jabril Bello, and so is Great Osabar. So they have several uh, Brits there on the squad. So um, it would be fun to hear just what those guys think about going back uh, to their their home country. Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads, will join us here in about 10 minutes. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about fall camp football uh, players to watch. Guys, I'm going to really have my eye on during fall camp for both the Grizz and the Bobcats, and uh, Andrew, Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, he, he made a good point. You know, not only are we watching Lucas Johnson for the Grizzlies, the San Diego State transfer quarterback, but also who he's building chemistry with. Who's he throwing the ball to? I think that Cole Grossman is almost certainly going to be the, the top pass-catching tight end, although gr- the Grizz have had um, great success running multiple tight end sets since uh, Bobby Hout came back. But and I think we know that Mitch Roberts is going to be steady Eddie, you know, a guy that can move the chains and, and move the ball down the field. Former Sentinel quarterback who's carved out a good niche as a, a outside receiver for the Grizz. But I'm so interested to see who rises up out of the rest of those guys. We, we've heard a lot of hype around Keelan White. We've heard a lot of hype, and we've seen some flashes from Junior Bergen, although he had to play out of position last year, mostly playing at running back. Aaron Fonts was the breakout guy in the spring game. So there's a lot of potential guys there, uh, but that's an interesting spot to watch, right? Because part of the equation of quarterback is uh, who's he going to throw the ball to? That's exactly right, and there's a lot of question marks at that wide receiver spot, but it is, uh, it's a good way to start establishing that because when you're seeing, oh, you know, Lucas Johnson is keying in on this guy. Lucas Johnson said a couple nice passes to this guy today. What that means, that tells you a lot about a wide receiver. It tells you they're creating separation in a lot of cases, or it tells you, as we saw, I think, you know, when we saw Cole Grossman start to break out in fall camp last year, the guy's confident that that receiver can go up and get it, even if he's not creating that much separation. So it tells you a lot about what those receivers are doing and how they're stacking up relative to each other. Who else is uh, are you going to have your eye on? Is there anybody that we – I mean, obviously, we talked about the key storylines yesterday. The offensive line is a huge one for Montana. Marcus Knight, his health, we'll have our eyes on him for sure. Is there any specific guys, though, individuals that we're, uh, that, that we're going to be uh, having our eyes on here uh, during fall camp this next month or so? I think specifically for the offensive line, a guy like Brandon Casey, who's gotten some reps and he's gotten some game reps, but he's got a lot on him going into this year as the projected starter, you know, at one of those tackle spots and probably at left tackle. So I'll be keeping an eye on him. I think uh, for me as well, kind of that second corner spot, and that means guys like Jaden Dawson, curious to see how he looks uh, along with Corbin Walker and maybe a couple of the junior college guys, maybe a guy like Trevin Gradney at that spot. But I'm really curious to see what Jaden Dawson's level is coming out of Idaho State. Jaden Dawson was uh, the guy, one of the guys I was going to name for sure. We've seen him. Performed well in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, he was a first-team All-League guy during the spring season. 
and uh, was some sort of all-league guy uh, last fall at Idaho State. I do think, though, it takes a different it takes a different mentality, first of all, and and also it's it's just different playing corner in Montana's system because you're you're going to be manned up on an island more often than not. Also, because of all of their slants and stuff, their run fits are, are so different than so many other teams. So you're also going to have to. It's not only that you got to lock up the guy on the outside pretty much by yourself. It's also that when it's a run play, if it gets to the outside, if the uh, the ball carrier presses the edge or breaks the edge, you're going to have to fight off that block and you're going to have to make a tackle in space too. From what I know of Jaden Dawson limitedly, and you know more about him having covered him at Idaho State a little bit, he seems like a physical guy. He's not very big, but I think that that's the number one priority for the Grizz in recruiting corners right now. You know, speed, length, athleticism, short memories, that that's cliche. That's all what they want in corners. They want dudes who can jam you at the line and dudes that can then get off a block and make a tackle in the open field. Can he do it? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, that's the thing. He's a little bit undersized, but he's not afraid to take on those assignments. He's not afraid to mix it up. And you're right. I mean, that's what Omar Hicks Onu did so well for the Grizz last year was sort of setting the edge or making plays on the edge in the run game, uh, you know, with the reps that he got across from Justin Ford. Jaden Dawson won't be won't be uh, loath to do that work, um, you know, so I think that is a good fit there. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Other guys that I'm going to have my eye on uh, with the opening of fall camp, how about how about a Bobcat guy? I mean, this is, again, another low-hanging fruit one, but one of the guys you're going to look for right away, and in my speculative opinion, you're not going to get to see at all, is Isaiah Fonse. I, I do not expect him to be ready to go for the beginning of fall camp, the All-American running back for the Bobcats. So that will be a very short analysis of the intrigue. Uh, when he's in street clothes, that will confirm what I, I hope isn't true but believe to be true. And uh, then, though, the intrigue comes to the guys battling for carries behind him. People that are close to the program know the talent that Elijah Elliott has. He's been highly regarded since he first stepped on campus. Even though he's only a redshirt freshman this year, he's got a couple years of college football under his belt because he was kind of in that floating class of 2020 when everything got canceled. i also been a huge fan of Lane Sumner. It's funny the cliches that trickle throughout football, but but there's the there's always the cliche that people say, he's faster than you think. Lane Sumner's not faster than I think. Lane Sumner's fast. He was the Class B state champion in the 100-meter dash. That's objectively means that you're really fast. You ran 11 seconds flat in the 100. That's blazing fast. He's not faster than I think. He's as fast as I know he is, which is one of the faster running backs in the league. I mean, he might be kind of an undersized class B kid from Huntley Project, but the dude can boogie, and he also is tough. He's got good moves in the hole. If you are stuck on Lane Sumner, and that's a bad way to phrase it because I don't think you're stuck with him at all. I think Lane Sumner is really good. I think Lane Sumner would get carries at most Big Sky schools, and he would start for at least a couple of the Big Sky schools, and he might start for the Big Sky school we're talking about right now in Montana State. And then the other guy you're going to look for in sort of that three-headed competition, I think there would even be more guys in there, but Kagan Williams, who's a 
graduate transfer from San Diego State. Uh, he also could be in the mix to get some carries there uh, for Montana State. Other intriguing guys at Montana uh, that I'll certainly have my eye on. You know, we mentioned a lot of those guys that are competing at the corner spot, and uh, you know, Jaden Dawson will certainly be in the mix. Uh, some of the JC corners that they brought in certainly. I also want to know what Dylan Simmons has got because Dylan Simmons made a couple plays during the spring game. He was running up with the, he was on the two deep, at least it looked like kind of in the rotation. He's a guy that once upon a time had an offer from Florida state. He waited late in the recruiting game. He's from Metairie, Louisiana. I'm not sure if the Grizz have ever had a guy from Louisiana, but he was of high pedigree coming out of high school He's going to really be a guy that's hungry to break in. Because one thing I know about guys that are from foreign is the wrong word, but from from unusual areas, from from areas that there's not a lot of lifelines here in Montana too, they want to play. And and everybody in the college football program wants to play. But oftentimes I see guys either get disenfranchised early when they don't play or have such a fire to play because they did come from so far away uh, from their home, and uh, I, I just have to think that that Dylan Simmons is going to have um, at least a, a little bit of that in him. The other guys I'm going to have my eyes on for the Grizz. I'm actually going to. This going to be one of the first places I look is the kicker spot. Andrew, I don't know if I actually told you. I think we were we were rambling and and ranting to and from Spokane, but I never actually got the chance to tell you about this kid that I found on the internet who is likely going to be a walk-on here for the Grizzlies. His name's Adam Botner. He is a graduate of Frenchtown High School, class of 2018. This guy is like, he's like the most interesting man in the world, except for he's like the most interesting college kid on Instagram or something. He was a a multi-sport athlete of Frenchtown. He ended up going and playing basketball at Rocky Mountain College in Billings. Transferred back to Montana was a practice player for the Lady Grizz for a while. In the meantime, though, he has fully blown up the internet by kicking 70-yard field goals and punting like 75 to 80-yard punts while on video. The other day, he posted a some sort of graphic-based meme thing of him kicking a 70-yard field goal with a whole bunch of captions on it talking about how he got offered a million dollars by Nike and he's gotten dozens of Division One offers from these videos. I don't know if any of that's true. All I do know, though, is that, okay, sure, it's not in a game. He's kicking off a tee, whatever. The dude has an absolute banger of a leg. Like, he looks like a ready-made Division One kicker. When he punts, he reminds me a lot of Adam Wilson, except for this dude is way bigger than Adam Wilson was when he played for the Grizzlies. I mean, this dude was a college basketball player. His TikTok has like 10,000 followers. He's got like tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. That's all to say that it seems like uh, not a match made in heaven with Bobby Houck. I don't think Bobby Houck's recruiting guys off the Instagram, but I was captivated by this kid's videos. There's no official... um, there's no official news of him officially joining the roster. But if you believe what you see on the social media, and 
you know, you don't believe everything you see on the internet, don't believe everything you see on the Instagram. But I think it's pretty hard to fabricate kicking 55-plus yard field goals from the turf at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Like, somebody had to let you in there, and then you also had to make the kick. So, I don't know. The hype machine could be a little out of control on this one, but I'm incredibly intrigued by this guy because he's going to compete with Cameron Capser, the kid out of Billings Central, who's a kicker already on the Montana roster. Nico Ramos, who's expected to be on the roster, a transfer from Cal by way of Princeton. So I, I'm just I'm interested to see what uh, what Adam Botner's got up his sleeve. More intriguing players and storylines to watch for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies on the football field tomorrow. But right now we got to take a break. We're going to talk some baseball to take you home here on your Tuesday. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. We'll talk trade deadline, Juan Soto, and Pioneer League baseball. The voice of the Paddleheads joins us next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the new ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you being here with us on your Tuesday. Hope you're staying cool out there. The Missoula Paddleheads back in town for a homestand. Great Falls Voyagers in town. Western Cider, the official cider of the Paddleheads. You can enjoy Western Cider at every home game this season. During the entire Paddlehead season, if you stop by the tasting room of any home game day, show your game ticket, you can buy one cider and get one cider for free. Kick back and enjoy a cheese and charcuterie plate with your cider, then take a quick walk over the California Street Bridge to cheer on the Paddleheads. Open 4 to 8 Monday through Thursday and noon to 8 Friday through Sunday. Western Cider, the official cider of the Missoula Paddleheads. Speaking of the Paddleheads, our main guy, Jeff Safford, he's on the radio pretty much every night this summer. Coming off a rare off day yesterday for the Paddleheads. They just got back from uh, up in the Flathead Valley a three games each split in a six-game series against the Glacier Rough Riders. Uh, it's been a minute since the Paddleheads had any sort of opposition. They've been rolling through their schedule. So um, good, maybe good for them because they've already clinched a postseason berth, maybe good to get a little bit tested. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first, Jeff, the talk of the baseball world is about one guy, Juan Soto, traded today to the San Diego Padres. What was your reaction to the trade? Because I was a little bit surprised that he was even on the block, and uh, now some of the pundits are saying this is the biggest deadline deal ever. Uh, So what do you think of this trade? Well, obviously, when you see a guy get traded that was expected or turned down an offer from his former team, the Nationals, that was upward of $400 million dollars, You know, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces associated with it. But I wasn't entirely shocked that it was the Padres. He had been linked to the Padres, at least the interest of him going to San Diego had been there. So to me, it wasn't a huge shock that he went. But still, whenever you see a guy that's as heralded as Juan Soto is, a guy that just won the home run derby as well, so people already buzzing about him, having lit up that crowd at Dodgers Stadium over the All-Star break, and a guy that's hit over 20 home runs this year, won a world championship with the Nationals not all 
so long ago in 2019 also. So you look at all that, obviously so many big things to talk about. And that's not the only thing that the San Diego Padres did either, is they also were acquiring Josh Bell from the Nationals also, along with a number of other players from multiple other clubs. So Padres just putting it all on the table. Do you think that Washington will regret this? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it will have to do with the career trajectory of Juan Soto and what he does from here on out. Because obviously Soto still has a lot left to do in his career. Being, Even though he's already won a World Series and had the success he's had, he's only 23 years old. So still in the early parts of his career as a pro at the major league level. And, and there's no guarantees of what contract the Padres are going to offer Juan Soto. So we don't know what that contract will be. But from the Nationals' perspective, you can't say that they didn't try. It's not like they turned down something for Soto or just shipped him off without having made any talks with him. They offered him, like I just mentioned, a 14-year deal that was up over, I think it was $440 million. Something to me that just seems staggering to offer a player that much money so if you're the nationals you gave him the big offer the big contract and he turned it down and you get your prospects back for him and you move on well it's certainly a uh a i don't want to say earth shattering but it was a uh, it was definitely a highly publicized deal and definitely an interesting deal when you you think of a guy that young Uh, being traded before he's even into the prime of his career. But uh, we'll see. Last question on this note. Do you think this makes the San Diego Padres the team to beat in the National League? It obviously puts them in the conversation because, like like I just mentioned, the Padres, that wasn't the only move they just made. I mentioned very good player Josh Bell, um, first baseman from the Nats, average over 300 this year. And they've added a number of also pitchers from bullpen and And I think dumping that contract from Eric Hosmer as well will be a big thing for him as well. Obviously, they needed to dump some money as it was to be able to make that Soto deal. But it seemed like after Hosmer had signed that big money contract a couple of years ago, it seemed like things just weren't really working out very well in San Diego. So they get a big upgrade at that first base position. So you look at that lineup, we got Josh Bell along with... Tatis, who's scheduled to come back, and they say about 10 days, two weeks. And Manny Machado, I mean, man, that's just a murderer's row. And obviously the Padres, in my eyes, definitely will be there when you look at players like Soto and the guys I mentioned at the top of the order. And, oh, by the way, let's just add Josh Hader at the back end of the bullpen also to kind of tap it all off. Well, I know one guy is probably excited. That's the uh, one and only Sean Rainey, SWX Montana sports director, and uh, maybe we'll have to circle back with him later on this month to to get his reactions. He was blowing up Twitter all day, so uh, certainly excited. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us here on ESPN Radio. He'll be on the call tonight, as he is almost every night throughout the summer. Paddleheads back at home here in Missoula. Three-game set against Great Falls before they take the road uh, again uh, for the weekend and Jeff this last road trip a little bit of resistance the uh, Glacier Rough Riders took three from the Paddleheads in a six game set uh, 
Is that a good thing, bad thing? I mean, the Battle has already secured the first half championship. They got off to a great start in the second half as well. But where are we at with what, what this last six-game series means? Maybe a little resistance good for this squad? Oh, I definitely think that getting a little counterpunch, so to speak, after just rolling through the first half is what you kind of alluded to, a good thing for this club. It's a team that probably needed to hit the reset button. A lot of guys that had put so much into that first half run kind of had to realize, hey, we still got whole second half of the year to play. And, and it was good to see also on the end of that trip, they were able to win the last two games and did it in a couple of ways where you'd kind of seen the Paddleheads have success through that first half. The long ball was a big factor. Jason Newman got going a bit. The bullpen was strong coming down the stretch. And um, I really was curious also to see how the MSU Billings product Tyler Elliott would fit in just with his connection to Montana. And he really has proven to be a nice addition to that Missoula bullpen guy that's shown 90-plus mile-an-hour velocity with the fastball, had a great outing in a high-leverage spot in the game on Sunday, a close game coming down the stretch in the seventh and eighth inning. He got out of a bases-loaded jam and an inning and two-thirds scoreless, three Ks. So that's definitely something to look at that's a positive and see some new guys showing out. And I just think that's a cool story to see a guy with Montana connections pitching well here in Missoula. Last thing for you, then Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads here on Nuanas. Now, he'll be on ESPN Radio again in uh, less than an hour, so stay tuned for that. Keep it tuned right here for that. Give us a little, just a little preview, things to watch uh, in this three-game set against the Great Falls Voyagers uh, here in Missoula these next couple days. Well, the Voyagers, a club that the Paddleheads are very familiar with. This will be the last three games that the Voyagers play here in Missoula. They played 20 games in the first half against one another and they played them very tough did great falls 11 and 9 record in the first half very strong offensive team riley jepson has been fantastic all season long big strong athletic first baseman that can run and play great defense also brayden daniel a powerful switch hitting leadoff guy unique in that he leads the team in home runs and doubles but also is at the top of the order with great speed for manager Tommy Thompson, a team that likes to run on the bases a lot. So a team, two teams that have faced each other quite a bit. A lot of talent on the other side. Second in the Pioneer League North in the first half. Should be fun this week. Also got the Survivor Series, kind of Survivor-themed. They got fans in the ballpark right now on the third base side. Intense, trying to be the sole survivor this week. So a lot of fun. You can find his calls pretty much every summer night throughout this uh, summer. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Paddleheads back home tonight. First pitch, 7.05 against Great Falls Voyagers. Pre-game about 15, 20 minutes before that. So you can find all that here on 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. Great insight, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. But uh, have a fun time down there at the park. Yeah, thanks, Coulter. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I hope to see you out here at the yard. Miss anything in Nuanas Now, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, Sports Bet Montana, and the Advocates. We'll be live from Bozeman tomorrow. Joey Lovell, the new anointed Montana State AM champion in golf, will join us live, as will Chris Haslam and Jabril Bello of the Montana State men's basketball team. We'll also have more Grizz storylines coming out of uh coming into, excuse me, fall camp. 
and much more live from Bobcat Stadium tomorrow. We'll see you then. In the meantime, enjoy your Tuesday evening. This has been Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.